<laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Atkins Family Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I am accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins. And today we are going to talk about how I almost died. <laughs> wow. What? Very matter of fact. Hey, I'm. I ain't, I don't know no other way to put it. You yeah, got it's, it's how we supposed to. It's what it is. It, it is what it is. It happened. It happened. <clears throat> so, do you want to tell the story? It's it's your story, buddy. Story about how I almost died. <laughs> it's your story. Did I almost die? You say I didn't almost die. <clears throat> I, I mean, you've, yes, you almost died. You, yeah, like, if, if certain things didn't happen the way that they did, you would probably be dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we're being honest, you know, yes. I mean, the doctors even told you that. If you had been older, that, that probably would have been it for you, buddy. It's tough. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> but yeah, so for the those of you who don't know, which is all of you, all of you, <laughs> I'm acting like I'm relevant in these streets, <laughs> but, uh, you almost died. Uh, so we'll start from the beginning. What was it last weekend? Yeah. So yeah, I think it was last weekend. Uh, well, it started last weekend. Yeah. Last like slept weekend. the whole weekend. No, weekend before last, not last weekend. Weekend before last. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> what? You said I slept the, the whole weekend. Yeah. You had to throw that in there, huh? Because that's, I, yeah, yeah. Duh. How's that? See? that it, I had to throw that in there because we didn't know, but you were sick. I wasn't sick for the whole week, though. I said weekend. Yeah, but I wasn't sick that weekend that, where I had slept. Oh, you weren't? No, it was just that one. It was How did you say you was nauseous and all that? Yeah, the weekend. No, no, oh, no, no. Yeah, no. It wasn't this weekend that just passed. And that's why I said it wasn't this weekend. It was the weekend before last. Okay, got it. All right, well. So basically everything I said was okay, and you guys can just accept that. We ain't, he, didn't even know what he was talking about. Hey, check this out, man. <laughs> what we not going to do. <laughs> because you over there, no, no, no. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, Anyways. Oh, 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 oh. <sighs> yeah. Uh-huh. With all the pleasantries aside, I almost died. I know okay. it's like my third time saying that. I think you're, you're having too much fun with that statement. Oh, and, my gosh. And, and you might get in trouble with some of our Christian circles that we run in. You shouldn't say things like that. Well, I mean, what happened happened. I'm just talking facts. So I'll tell it from my perspective. Oh, yeah. I'll let you go first and I'll so, opine. So, so I, you know, I'm leaving for work on Monday and he's throwing up. And like, I mean, just over the toilet, like throwing up. I'm not okay. So I know my husband. In the toilet, by the way. Yeah. I know my husband. Because the key And, mix. um... I I know that he gonna try to go to work. Um, there's nothing I can do or say right now to prove to him that, especially when it was that close to me needing to be to work and him needing to be to work. I knew how that was gonna go down. So of course I asked him though, "You gonna stay home?" And he was like, "Nah, 
I'm gonna go to work. And then he was like, well, I'll call you if I don't go. So um, I think I called to check on him. His boss let me know that he was at medical. Um, and so he went to the hospital that day. I didn't know that. Um, well, I guess I knew he was at medical, but came home. That was a really rough night. Um, he threw up and then um, he threw up again. He didn't really eat anything. Um, and so leading into that Tuesday morning, now, mind you, this entire week as it's it's passing, we're we have tickets. We bought tickets to go to California for his mom's 50th birthday party. And we've been talking about this, you know, ever since the tickets were purchased in February. Yeah. And we've been talking about this. She's been talking about this birthday party since me and him got married. So it's, you know, it's a big deal. So in my mind, it's like, okay, yeah, he got the stomach virus. Uh, I'll take him to the emergency room. They'll give him something. And stomach virus don't last that long because it was Tuesday at this point. So I took him to the emergency room and I'm I like, I probably am prone to, you know, think things are uh, uh, a bit more um, worse than what they actually are. So I was chill. I dropped him off at the emergency room. I knew I couldn't go in with him um, right away, at least. So me and Aubrey went and got something to eat. And we was all shopping, getting ready for this Cali trip. And I'm standing there, like, in line with clothes, happy, you know. Uh, I had just let my mom know that Ben was sick, um, just to forewarn everybody, because everybody um, that was going on a Cali trip with us was coming to our house the night before. And so... um, I think I, I call. I kept calling him, you know, just to try to see. First, I was seeing could I come back because uh, the military still um, has different guidelines as to how they operate. Yeah, depending right on now. where you go. Yeah, they be it, funny with it. Yeah, it's still like COVID. So I knew I couldn't sit in the waiting room with him at this particular hospital, um, but I knew I could go back with him once he got a room. So. Sorry, guys. I'm waiting on the call for him to tell me, like, I can come back because um, the exchange where I'm at is right up the street from the hospital. It's all on the same base. And so uh, he calls me. And he's like, you know, just very calm. Just like, oh, yeah, they about to check me into Walter Reed. I'm like, Walter Reed? Like, that's the that's the big people hospital. And then he was like, <laughs> something, something, something is wrong with my kidneys. And. I was like, you're what? Like, what do you mean some rums? Like, I don't know. Something just not working right. So he has little to no information except for something is wrong with a major organ in his body. Acute and renal failure. He, At this point, that's what I was told. But but he just told me that something was wrong with his kidney. So I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. Uh, and he was like, well, I'm in a room so y'all can come back. So I got Ari with me and I'm like, okay, this is the first time I feel like we really had a, like a an emergency in our marriage and I didn't know what to do. And so I'm like, okay, at what, you know, since there's not a lot of information, um, I always try to frame things from my perspective as a parent to Aubrey, to his perspective, to his parents. So, you know, of course, if he can't, if something is going on with him, they're looking at us and me to kind of communicate. And so I called his mom, uh, called my mom because I'm like, I need you to come up here. Um, and help with Aubrey if you can, because if he's being transported to the hospital, I'm like, okay, well, um, I can drop her off at daycare, but I need somebody to get her so that I can be with him. And, um, so I get to the room, the doctor comes in and he's like, yeah, he is in acute renal failure. 
But he's I, I don't know. I guess I guess you have to be whatever you have to be when you deliver news. Is I'm like this dude got a smile on his face right now. Like what? What are you talking about? Like and Wait, I'm I, the doctor had a smile. Yeah, on his face? It, it, it that's I, oh, I'm, I never noticed he, that. And I'm like maybe now honestly because I'm really not sure what I'm hearing. Maybe it was in my head, but he was like so he's saying all this and he was like you have any questions and he's like halfway out the door and I'm like. Yeah, I got questions. Like, what do you mean? And so he sits down and I'm like, yeah, you need to sit down. (laughs) 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 So, you know, he kind of explains it. And I'm like, okay, are you saying that his kidneys like don't work? Is this permanent? Is it like, and he's all like, oh, I don't know. That's why we're sending him to what to read. And I'm still just like, what? Like, I'm like, I'm still just lost. Like, what are you saying right now? And I finally just blurted out. All right, so what am I supposed to tell his brother? Because let me just let me just cut to the <laughs> let me cut to to the point. Because everything you're telling me is like I'm here, but I, I gotta relay this information to somebody. So I need you to tell me what I need to tell his people. Okay, <laughs> let's let's put it to let's make it that simple. And so he was like, "Well, you tell them that he is an acute renal failure," and I'm like, "So he's serious? Like he's he's not." Like, this is, this is real. And so I, I was trying that moment also not to be somebody that's like overreacting. It's like, I don't want to be calling somebody like, oh, his kidneys don't work in there. And it's like, I'm saying something that's not actually true. Um, and so he did clarify that there were things that possibly could have been driving um, that. But that was the position that he was in right then and there. And I'm sitting there looking at his blood pressure and it's like, it's, it's really, really low. And the, and I'm looking at another number and it's saying that it's low. And so I'm just standing there and I'm like, okay. I I, I don't know. I was lost because I'm like, okay, what do you do now? I'm like, you, you, your life literally, I think for me, literally was just turned upside down. And then I'm looking at him and he's, uh, I mean, he's sitting there and he looks fine. Um, and I'm talking to him and he's, you know, my husband, he's always pretty calm. He calmly tells me what's going on and, He's making little jokes here and there, but I'm like, I I didn't even know what. Nah, yeah, I was stuck. Yeah, but I think I think from that moment for even up to now, I kind of just been in a daze because we're still at a place where we don't really know. It's not resolved yet, and so no, it is not. Um. Still just kind of in a date because then I'm looking at Aubrey and, you know, I was talking to his mom and I referenced it in the last podcast, but where she was telling me, you know, whatever I do, watch what I do because Aubrey's going to feel that. And so I'm like, the best thing I can do for her right now is to get her out of my presence um, so that I can feel whatever it is that I need to feel the right way. Um, But then I started to realize, too, um, there was a beauty in having Aubrey because I think she she helped me to uh, keep my head on straight. Um, and so when I knew that there was an opportunity for the perfect time to pass for me to kind of shift where she was, that's what I did. But I saw the beauty in having her with me, um, especially when she wasn't being, you know, a nuisance at that point. Um, so uh, I think she was a bright light for me. And and then um, when it was time, I took her where she needed to go and I'm communicating with people and I'm just like, okay, so this I'm st- like, 
I, th- I think in that moment, it, it kind of like popped the bubble of invincibility that I think I kind of had around us. That layer of protection I thought we should have had or, or, or have because we're young and we're doing it the right way. It's hmm. like, come on, God, you need us on this earth to be an example. Figured that out quick. That that might not be the case. <laughs> and I then, need no one. <laughs> right. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe you don't need us, but can we stay, please? <laughs> right. Like this is this is and yeah, and then and then I think, you know, your head goes a bunch of places. I think my head was really just like, okay, God, I feel like I've I really just got to a place where I was learning how to be a wife in that resting in. Um, the order that I'm supposed to rest in as a wife and and everything that's talked about in the Bible. And it's like, okay, it's just very weird that if it comes down to anything crazy that you would allow it to happen right now, um, I know that life, there are no guarantees. Uh, I do understand that. I do understand that my husband and my daughter and everyone else, I'm, nobody in my family belongs to me. Um, so anytime that they are here is a gift. But I think Life is always happening so fast that we don't think about how much of a gift it is. And I think that for me has been lately that frustration of knowing that it's a gift, but also wanting clarity about what that gift looks like now. Hmm. Now, before we go to the next phase of the story, (laughs) uh, at this point, I am still sitting in a not even in a full emergency room. They used to be called an emergency room, but it transitioned to just it's honestly it's an advanced urgent care. Right. Because it's not even ain't attached. Nothing, ain't nothing in there. Yeah, it's not even <laughs> attached to a a full service hospital. So I think that's probably why it's gotta be called an urgent care. Because they can't really they can't uh do full service emergency yeah. at that place. But, yeah, and I asked them too, like, why are you going there? But because remember you told me, you was like, yeah, I, I texted my people and told them I was going to Andrews. I was like, why? Oh, I mean, it was the nearest one to my job. Yeah. yeah. The place I went to was the closest medical treatment facility to my job. So that's why I went there. But let's rewind. Okay. Because that was Takiya's perspective. Yeah, let's give you yours. And I'll give you the, the details, how it was uh, on my end. Mm-hmm. So. All weekend, I'm nauseous. I don't know why, but I'm nauseous. I don't feel up to snuff. And me, unless I'm about to die, I'm not going nowhere. Uh, unless I know, like, okay, yeah, I'm bleeding out of all my holes and some holes that got created from damages. I'm not going nowhere. Right. Unless is unless I'm risking life, limb, or eyesight, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going to no doctor. I'm going to write this out. So I'm nauseous all weekend. And Monday morning, I wake up and I just rush straight to the toilet. Uh, and I vomited. I only vomited once. So, okay, I'm good, good. Vomited. I vomited once. And to get once, like she said, she asked me, so are you going to work? I was like, yeah, I'm going to work. And part of that is just because you can't just call out in the military. Either you go to work or you go to medical. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to go to work first and hopefully this pass. And if I get to work and I cannot continue throughout the day, I will go to medical and seek treatment. 
because that's the only those only two options I got. Ain't no just stay in bed. If it was up to me, if I could have stayed in bed, then I would have stayed in bed and I probably would have died. But good thing that I only got two options. Either I go to work or I go to the doctor. So I decided to go to work. Now, while I'm at work, uh, I'm still kind of nauseous, but I arrive at like 6.30, 6.45. And from that point up until 7.30, when I have to give a morning brief to one of my uh, bosses, one of my uh, supervising officers, uh, I'm nauseous. And one of the things I did when I went into this morning brief, as I'm preparing the brief and I get prepared to speak, I walk into the room with a trash can in my hand. And uh, I thought from that point, I thought nobody noticed. Only like one or two people noticed because I told them, like, yeah, I threw up before I got here. So um, I ain't feeling too well. And uh, I was like, I'm going to take this trash can in there. And after I'm going to head to the doctor. So it's funny. My uh, my direct supervisor, one of them, he was like, you sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah, let's, let's see if we get through it. I'm going to just. uh. I'm going to do the brief and I'm going to have a trash can by me just in case I got to throw up again. He was like, all right. So I bring the trash can in there. I thought nobody noticed, but once I went back to work a week later, people said they noticed. They just didn't know why mm-hmm. that I, I brought a trash can in there. But uh, gave the brief and then immediately after the brief, uh, my supervisor was like, man, just go to the doctor. Like, don't don't stop. Pass go. Don't collect 200. Don't nothing. Just go to the doctor. So I gather my stuff and I head to the doctor. When I get to the doctor, uh, I noticed that like when I sit up and stand down, like, I'm like getting really dizzy and lightheaded and my vision is getting blurry and it's getting like kind of dark. So I noticed that, but of course, I still think nothing of it. I finally get called back for triage. And the nurse starts taking my vitals. Once the nurse takes my vitals and she gets the details of the reasons why I'm coming to the doctor, which was for nausea and vomiting. That's all I had at that point. She then reads my blood pressure and she's like, yeah, your blood pressure low, bro. <laughs> and like, that's like her quote. And she apologized for the unprofessionalism by saying, bro. But she was like, yeah, like it's really low. <laughs> at that point, it was 90 over 54. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, I mean. Okay. She's like, are you experiencing any like lightheadedness, dizziness, uh, things of that nature? And I was like, explain the symptoms that you're actually asking for. Because people ask me that every time. And I guess I'll say yes, but maybe, maybe they're more severe than I think they are, or I'm not saying the right things. So she goes, she proceeds down a list of symptoms mm-hmm. that are alarming to her. Uh, if someone were to tell them that, tell her those. And I'm like, yeah, I got all those. She's like, yeah, no, that's not supposed to happen. Like, mm-hmm. that's no. So I go to a, so from triage, usually at this place, once you get triaged, if you're there and they don't think you actually need to be at an emergency room or an emergent care room, they're going to send you back to the front and they're going to make you wait three hours. But if you're there and you actually mm-hmm. should be there or you have an emergent need, the triage, of course, is designed to rank people's illnesses and treat them according to necessity or uh, emergence, mm-hmm. emergent need. So if you come there and triage, the triage nurse decides, hey, you are actually an emergent case. You get sent directly to the back room. So as soon as our conversation is completed, 
she immediately sends me to the back room. I'm like, oh, well, that's how I'm going on. Because yeah. I never come here and I never sit in the back room within my first time uh, getting treated at triage. <laughs> so that tells me all the other times I went there, I, they didn't think I should have been there. But they, they can't turn you away. So, <laughs> so I go to the back room. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. The doctor come in. Doctor, of course, gets all the details once again. And he reviews my testimony across from the nurse's notes. And I get prescribed Zofran and nausea medication. And my blood pressure is checked once again. And it's still low at the first time. So his determination was to prescribe me Zofran and deliver me one dose in the emergency room enough so I can eat and drink. Because at this point, I had not uh, eaten or drank throughout the entire morning and since the previous night. Because my last meal at this point, my last meal was on a Sunday night. And this is Monday morning, probably like at this point, it's about 1030 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I have not eaten or drink, drank anything. So with that said, I take the medication and about 10, 15 minutes, I'm able to drink the cup of water that he placed in front of me. And that was his barometer for judging whether I was able to return home or not, or at least be released from the emergent care center. So I did that, took the Zofran, drank the water and I kept it down. And then once by the time they returned, my blood pressure returned to close to normal levels. I think my blood pressure is 115 over 70 something, which is closer to the 120 over 80 general you know, rule of thumb for you know, perfect blood pressure per se. So at that point, he decided, yes, you're OK to uh, return home. He says, drink plenty of fluids, take the Zofran for your nausea, rest up. At this point, I just assume you have some sort of stomach bug. It'll pass with time. I go home. And I called Takia, tell her, hey, can you uh, check on my prescription? Uh, because I put the prescription in her phone. I put the number under hers so uh, she could check for the prescription. And time passes. The pharmacy doesn't fill the prescription. And by the time the pharmacy filled the prescription, I had a uh, Takia. You said you called me, but I didn't yeah. pick up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Takia called me. I didn't pick up. All right. So I missed the the window to pick up my prescription because by the time uh, I realized the pharmacy where my prescription was filled was already closed. So I have to endure Monday night without any nausea medication. So I think I ate. Did I? I Yeah, I think I ate once. No, no, nothing. Okay, so I didn't eat anything Monday night. And then Monday afternoon, I don't know if I ate anything after no. the ER. Okay. So that's. You drunk Gatorade, you said. Oh, yeah. So I drunk some Gatorade. So I think all I consumed Monday was water and Gatorade. Monday night, I didn't eat dinner because I didn't feel up to it. That Zofran dosage that I got earlier started to wear off. And at, by the point of Monday night, I was already uh, starting to feel nauseous again and I didn't want to eat anything. Mm-hmm. So I go to bed and then that's when everything just gets worse. I think probably a couple hours into my sleep, I wake up and that's when I vomit the first time. And I vomited all the Gatorade I, I drank before I went to sleep and attempt to hydrate myself. 
So I vomited all the Gatorade. And then it felt like every hour on an hour, I was waking up and I was vomiting. I vomited at least seven times. And that's like the magic number I was telling all the doctors. It was at least seven times throughout that Monday night to Tuesday morning sleep cycle. Yeah. And after the third time, everything I was vomiting up was stomach acid or it was just yellow stuff. From my Whatever is in your body. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah, anything on my stomach. stomach. I know there wasn't anything in my stomach because all I consumed was liquids that day. And all that came up after like the first uh, two instances. Mm-hmm. So I wake up Tuesday morning and I feel terrible. Mm-hmm. I was not, I knew that day I was not going to be able to go into work. So at that point, I still didn't think like I was sicker, as sick as I was, right? The reason why I wanted to go back to the ER was because I wanted to drink some water. I was thirsty. This is like the story I'm telling everybody. Like, I just wanted to come here so y'all could give me my Zofran too because I couldn't get the prescription filled. At this point, I'm thinking that the prescription never got um, filled, but it did. But anyway, I go back there because I want to get some nausea medication so I can start putting something on my stomach. All right. That's all I wanted. So I'm, uh, I get dropped off. And this time, it's much worse. I, of course, I do all the normal procedures. And I get called back for triage once again. And this triage nurse checks my vitals and everything. And my blood pressure is 70s over 30s. It's even worse than it was the day previous. And this time, all those symptoms I was having about dizziness and lightheadedness and loss of vision or blurred vision worsened. And it was so much worse that at least the nurse didn't tell me this directly, but I overheard it in a conversation that I was, at least I looked to be slipping in and out of consciousness as I was having a conversation with the triage nurse. So they triage me and I immediately get rushed uh, to a room again. I get rushed to a room, all the technicians come in, they immediately hook me up to an IV, they uh, start hooking up the EKG to me, like the whole nine, I'm getting the whole work up right now. And the doctor come in and said, hey, you know, I know I see you here. Uh, I hear you in for, you know, uh, dehydration because at this point I'm thirsty, right? You haven't consumed any fluid. Uh, well, not that you haven't consumed any fluids, but you haven't eaten. Uh, and then you've, you threw up everything that you drank yesterday and you were here because this is the second day. This is Tuesday morning. I was already there Monday morning. So, yeah, the doctor gets all that. So time goes on. My immediate treatment was to get put on IVs and... At this point, my blood pressure was so low, they didn't even know I was, they didn't know I was as dehydrated as I was. They just assumed with the story that I, that I told them and the fact that my blood pressure was really low and the fact that I'm on blood pressure medication, that the quickest remedy to get my blood pressure up, that was the first thing they was trying to do, was to start hydrating me because blood pressure medication is a diuretic. So it's a double whammy. I want a diuretic which is causing me to release fluids. Then I'm throwing up, which is causing me to release fluids. So it's just a perfect combination for what eventually uh, was my diagnosis. So I'm in a ER for a couple hours before Takiya is able to get back there. And in this time, they've drawn blood. They ran labs. And I've received four liters of IV fluid. <laughs> 
So Takia comes back because I told, uh, actually, no, this is before Takia comes back. So before Takia comes back, the doctor gives me the verdict. My, my blood work comes back. And the fact that I have not urinated even after receiving three IV bags of fluid, the doctor said that I am in, in acute renal failure at this point. And of course, severe dehydration. And that's just simply because I'm not urinating and I'm getting pumped with fluids uh, throughout this entire time. Fluids in both arms. They put in two IVs. Yeah. They put in two IVs to give me three bags of fluid at once. Like I had one big IV needle in my left arm with two lines running through it to try to pump fluid. And then I had a, a IV in my right arm pumping more fluid and I'm still not urinating. So this is like after two, three hours in the ER, the doctor says, yeah, you're in acute renal failure. I'm currently working to get you admitted to Walter Reed Hospital. You're going to be transferred by a paramedic because you have to go. You have to um, see kidney specialists and internal medicine so they can treat your diagnosis further. And I'm like, all right. Uh, OK. I'm like, dang, I'm sick. So at this point, this is when I notified Takia and she comes rushing in and she gives the news to anybody and everybody that matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you're caught up to where Takia ended the story mm-hmm. and I'll let her continue from the point where I get on the paramedic to at least, I don't know. The end of that night. So, yeah. So um, he finally gets the transfer. I'm like concerned the whole time because I'm like, y'all not doing nothing. Um, and they were waiting for him to use the restroom just to see. <clears throat> to rule out certain diagnosis that had, they had already given. Um, <clears throat> but he didn't pee a lot. And so um, I think for me, the whole time is just realizing the reality of life. Um, we talk about it a lot, but just sitting there watching those numbers and hearing all that stuff and being responsible to communicate to people what's going on. Um, <clears throat> I think it shows you how much love you have for a person. Um, and also on one hand, it's it's very, very beautiful. But on the other hand, it's also very, very frightening because then you start to look at the reality, which is that God can snatch back anyone anytime he likes and it there doesn't have to be an explanation there doesn't have to be um like any like this smacked us out of the blue like we didn't there was nothing that gave any indication that <sighs> sorry y'all she died yeah because i read in where you out today but yeah so um he gets transferred and I take Aubrey to daycare. My mom is on her way here. And then I realize I'm talking to my mom. I was like, yeah, so we're good now. You can just pick Aubrey up from daycare. And I get to my husband and I realize I still got the car seat. So I'm going to, I'm heading back to give my mom the car seat. And um, I end up just picking up Aubrey from daycare, calling my husband to see, you know, making sure I could stay overnight. They didn't allow any overnight visitors. Um, he didn't have anything he really needed for the hospital stay. So um, I did tell him I was too tired to bring anything, but I ended up bringing it. 
And because um, the visitor hours were over at like eight. Yeah, next, it ended at eight p.m. Yeah. at that hospital. Yeah. So the next day, um, we're hearing the brighter side of things. Um, just that his kidney function is improving. And we are now sure that he had, you know, the norovirus, which is a stomach virus. And we're, to me, it's like, okay, so we out of the woods. We're good. There's an explanation for everything. This is almost over. And we can still go to California. So everything, you know, everything is good. And so I'm getting my house cleaned up because in the midst of all this, it was just a lot of stuff we didn't get to do. Um, um, and preparing for family to come. With that said, mm. so I ride in the back of the ambulance. That was fun. <laughs> I would have put it on a snap if I had a snap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right in the back of the ambulance and I get transferred to Walter Reed Medical Center. And I am now under the care of an infectious disease specialist and an internal medicine uh, doctor. I mean, they're both internal medicine doctors, but one is an infectious disease subspecialty. Anyways, I'm under the care of them. They proceed to ask me all the same questions that every other <laughs> person has asked me. Yeah, I was there get, for that. Just to get the story. Yep. And ultimately, they come back and they say, yes, you are in acute renal failure. <laughs> that's not, that's not a... Uh, like that's not a bad diagnosis. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. But this is where we at. That's where we at. And the thing is, um, we learned this and in, in the uh, discharge process. Yeah. The doctor that came and explained the full story mm -hmm. of what happened basically said acute renal failure sounds like a scary word, but it's a uh, it's acute for a reason. That's what acute renal failure is. This expect it for you to make a recovery from it. It's not chronic renal failure. Yeah. Not the dialysis type of renal failure. Yeah. When we say renal failures, that's renal is just like the, the doctor word for kidney. Yeah. Uh but um Yeah, it was supposed to be a simple explanation, you know, coming out. It was just supposed to be the perfect storm had happened. Um and that causes kidneys to 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 not work to not operate but it made perfect sense because you got to think about it he's not giving he's not getting anything and by the time he is getting getting something his blood pressure is so low that he's slipping in and out of consciousness so it was the perfect storm and so that gave me peace because it made it all make sense yep it all made sense so the doctors give me the the um when i first come in the doctors give me that diagnosis once again mm -hmm. You have acute renal failure caused by an acute kidney injury. Mm -hmm. So essentially what happened was at this point, they didn't know what caused the vomiting, which is what they were trying to figure out. Once they gave me that diagnosis, they were still trying to figure out what sparked this entire ordeal. But um, the vomiting caused me to get dehydrated. I'm already on blood pressure medication which is designed to drop my blood pressure from an elevated state. So I have vomiting that's dehydrating me. My blood pressure medication is already dropping my blood pressure from what should be an elevated state. But since I'm dehydrated or I was dehydrated, my blood pressure is dropping even lower. 
Mm-hmm. And then along with that, uh, when you put those two things together, that is a perfect storm to attack the kidneys. Because one, the kidneys, which I did not know, the kidneys are an integral part to managing blood pressure. Yeah, That's one of the kidneys job to regulate the blood pressure of the body. Two, the kidneys is uh, a part of removing uh, waste from the blood. So if I have low blood pressure, that means my kidneys aren't getting enough blood, essentially. It's just the whatever low blood pressure means as far as the blood flow ultimately leads into the kidneys not getting enough blood. And then the kidneys also filter liquids. I'm dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So the kidneys aren't getting any liquids. And the kidneys are sensitive. Uh, surprisingly, one of the doctors said the kidneys are sensitive to things being perfect in, in those situations. But they're also really resilient mm-hmm. when it comes to being injured. Mm-hmm. So what I gathered, the doctor didn't say this, but I just put two and two together. It was easy for something like this to happen. Or, yeah. you know, if it's the perfect conditions, you can uh, suffer from a kidney injury. But they're also very resilient as to you as so you can come back from them. Yeah. So the combination of blood pressure medication, dehydration. And uh, yeah, the combination of blood pressure medication, the dehydration and the vomiting all led to my kidneys taking an injury. Uh, they had all the labs that, you know, measure my kidney function. And, and I think one of the numbers is supposed to be between one and three. And my normal number is like one point something. Well, and my three. number was at seven. Yeah. So it was bad. Uh-huh. So all that happened. So their remedy for that, for the kidneys, was to uh, basically hydrate me. So that entire time when I was admitted in the hospital and when I was in the ER, I was receiving fluids the entire time, of course, and they were monitoring me and I was getting constant labs so they could check my kidney function. On the other side of it, they had to take a stool sample to try to get an idea of what caused the nausea and the vomiting. That's why I had an infectious disease specialist working under working on my case to figure that part out. Turns out I had the neurovirus. Don't know where I got it from because nobody else in this household had any symptoms. Right. So don't try to blame Aubrey. But (laughs) it probably was for Aubrey (laughs) because it's commonly spread. And like that was the very first thing that the infectious disease doctor asked me, do you have kids and do they go to daycare? She's like, I got three little ones. That is most likely the cause. (laughs) Um, And at at this point, she didn't even know uh, what virus I had because the stool sample wasn't taking it because I hadn't passed the bowel movement in like two days, too. But that's besides the point. Anyway, so once he took the stool sample, the results from that came back and all the information was put together to basically give the rundown for what happened, which is what I stated. So I'm in the hospital from Tuesday to Wednesday night mm-hmm. and then I get released. Upon my release, uh, well, nope, before I get to the release part. That Wednesday morning. The doctors come in, they give me the full rundown of what happened. And I asked them, I was like, hey, I was supposed to be going to California this weekend. Can I still go? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, and they didn't, they didn't say it in these words, but they was like, yeah, we don't suggest that. You have, uh, 
I don't know the exact words they use, but essentially they said, with your poor renal function. Yeah, that's what they said. And you're going to require follow-ups. I don't suggest you travel anywhere and get stuck nowhere. Right. Where you uh, was at least you were in a state of kidney failure recently. At this point, my labs were improving. um, So I guess I was out of that kidney failure uh, stage and now it's just recovering. Hence the acute once again. But uh, they say, yeah, you still have poor renal function. Like, don't think, don't get it twisted. It's not (laughs) perfect. You ain't made a full recovery. And we need you to schedule an appointment with your primary care provider so you can get labs taken again so they can check your kidney function once again so you can then be cleared. So I'm like, oh boy, okay. So I had to call Kia and tell her, yeah, we can't go no more. And yeah, that was that. Uh, we lost a lot of money. <laughs> I didn't care nothing about the kidneys at that point. I was like, man, all that money. Yeah, we did lose a lot of money. But I think for me, again, um, all it did was point out just, you know, again, how how fragile life is that we can make plans and <clears throat> anything could throw, <laughs> throw a monkey wrench in it. But I think for me, I just, I watched how excited I was to go to California and turn into, I think I had that same level of excitement when they said, you know, he could come home because again, from my perspective, I, it's just a lot of stuff. I think we take for granted every night when I lay down, my husband is there. Whether I like the fact that he's there or not. She usually don't like that I'm there. As he just tried to reach for my water, but um, <clears throat> water. I gotta hydrate. My, come it, on now. It's not just me. It's Aubrey. That kidney. Failure. And so, anyway, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so, um, just having all of that, and then by the time I lay my head down, it's like okay, you know, trying to relate information to people, but also trying to make sure that I am giving myself what I need in these instances, um, to acknowledge that I'm scared. And also acknowledging that some people, I don't ever want anybody to think I'm trying to do stuff for attention. And so I know it was early. I didn't want to panic. I didn't want to send Aubrey into a panic. Um, But I think it reminded me, honestly, of our earlier days in our marriage where um, his blood pressure was really, really high one time. And it was like almost high enough for him to have had a stroke. And he was just like, so. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, nah, he crazy. He like, crazy. <laughs> like something not right. And so it's just and I, you know, I tell Ben all the time, I try not to be that nagging wife, but you know, I've even told him, you know, you want to be able to walk Aubrey down the aisle. Like, especially when you see the example from your from past generations of how high blood pressure has affected them, you know, I would think you'd want to get a leg up on it. But I get also how you want to be young. Forever young. You got to deal with the balance of both. Forever young. So, yeah, I mean, I was excited when he could come home. Um, In my mind, it's like, okay, yeah, we can't go to California. And Aubrey does the same stuff you be doing. Like, I'm talking, you over there singing the song. Like, if that ain't trolling, I don't know what is. Aubrey's a troll. And so are you. I'm the host of a podcast trying to entertain the people. 
So, I'm, so basically what you're saying is I'm not entertaining enough. You have to sing over me while I'm talking in order to make it entertaining. Well, you talking about kidney failure and of course that's not entertaining. Just like when I was telling the story, nobody was entertained by me telling the story. What does entertaining mean? Are you not entertained? Exactly. I don't think entertaining means they enjoy it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, so uh comedic relief. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, your comedic relief always throws me off. <sighs> but yeah, so dealing with all that from that perspective and then just in the midst of it too, trying to make sure he's okay. But also I think as a wife too, try not to overstep boundaries because I know how my husband is. And so not pushing conversations that maybe he's not ready to have yet. Or also I think it's kind of like you're walking on eggshells because you don't want to, I think from the background I come from, you know, put things in the atmosphere if the, if the other person isn't feeling it. And so just like a, I just felt like I was walking on eggshells all the way around. And it wasn't because of anything he did. It's just everything happening so fast. Yeah, we all have different responses to stressful situations. I would say you handle it masterfully. Um, mm-hmm. From my release to now, I did the follow up. I did a urinalysis. My urine was all jacked up. The military sucks. Uh, the physician's assistant said my urine had a lot of uh, glucose in it, which shows signs that my kidneys aren't absorbing sugar. And I need to get referred to a nephrologist. Which is a kidney specialist. To further, uh, for further care until I make a complete recovery. My, the first couple days after getting released, I was really just fatigued. I mean, I yeah. still am. I'm not, uh, people ask you like, so how you doing? I was like, I'm better than I was last Tuesday, but I'm worse than I was two Tuesdays ago. You're right. <laughs> That's the best way. I, that's the best example I can yeah. give it. Uh, another thing is, for some reason, I can't sleep no more. And I became a, a WebMD doctor and insomnia is a sign of kidney failure. Uh, don't get too much into that. <laughs> like, I used to, man, I used to be so sleepy. I could sleep anywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't even take a nap today. Yeah. That is so uncharacteristic. I didn't take a nap and I slept like maybe six hours. If that, I went to sleep at like 2 a.m., woke up at 8 Yeah, with Aubrey, and I've been up since. Mm-hmm. That is very uncharacteristic of me. Yeah. So that's a thing. And, you know, the military. So tomorrow is an important day because we can finally call and hopefully um, get an appointment for this week. Right. Yeah. Now my goal is to call. Because the referrals in the military, at least in this area, take three days to process for some odd reason. I've never had that ever. Well, yeah, I'm I'm the military, so mine gonna take longer because I don't matter. Mine only took a, a day. Yeah, so they put the referral in last Friday. Today is now Wednesday, but let's just say today's Tuesday. I called. I called yesterday. I called Monday. I called Monday and they said, yeah, we see it in here, but it's still under review. So call back Wednesday. Mm. My blood pressure sky high. Once again, I never knew that kidneys regulated blood pressure, but they do. Mm-hmm. And my primary care provider cannot put me on any type of uh, new blood pressure medication. 
because obviously blood pressure, kidneys, kidney function, it's a whole thing. So my primary care provider is waiting for a nephrologist to give recommendations on how to manage my blood pressure now. Considering the fact that I just suffered from a kidney injury and I have not fully recovered. Yeah. Other than that, just trying to drink water, keep my mind right. Eat as healthy as I can. Mm-hmm. Even take a rain check on the healthy. And yeah. Really? I'm trying to survive. All right. Mm-hmm. Just trying to make it to the next day. So yeah, that's where we've been. That's what we've been doing. So yeah, that's the story on how I died. What? <laughs> Remember uh that person said, uh <laughs> yeah, our family died. <laughs> you can't be doing that. That's not nice. My bad. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, hope y'all enjoyed the story. Keep us in your prayers. I hope you found some entertainment in my misery. Oh, God. It's all good in the hood, though. Here we go. As long as God got us, we gonna be all right. There we go. That's it. So, y'all know the outro. I was your host, Benjamin Atkins, and I was accompanied by my lovely wife, Takia Atkins. And this was the Atkins Family Podcast. We'll see you next time, folks.